Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. We are crossing the finish line of a series called Freedom. Now, this may be the last installment of the series, but remember, freedom is our word for the year. So we're just getting started in the spirit of what God wants to move us in as a spiritual family. Our anchor verse for this series, and I feel like it's important to read it every week. Um, the Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 45, but I will walk in freedom. Somebody say freedom. For I have devoted myself to your commandments. Remember, when we kicked off this series, we said it's impossible to separate freedom from God's word. The truth of God's word is the gateway for the freedom that he wants all of us to walk in. Remember, we talked about the dangers of drifting away from the truth. When you get away from truth, you invite darkness and bondage and all kinds of craziness into your life. Our commitment to his commands, our devotion to the commands of the Lord will guarantee that we walk in a path in a space of freedom. Uh, we also talked about overcoming your past, how to find freedom in your past. Remember we said we overcome by the, the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. If you were here last week, speaking of testimony, we heard the testimony. Bert talked to us about becoming free from alcoholism. We, we talked about what it means to be free in your habits. And so today, the topic, if you're taking notes, history makers are, and listen, there's a lot of notes today. All right. If you're following along on the app, you see this thing. It's like a gumbo. Okay, how many of you, you like a good gumbo that is loaded down with meat? You don't like the brothy stuff. I'm not here to sip on a little soup. Man, I want something hearty. <laughs> I want chicken and sausage. I want shrimps. Come on, man, the last day of the fast, baby. We, we made it. We made it. We're here. This is a gumbo that is loaded with some practical tools, with scriptures and with principles that are going to help you to be free in your mind, free in your mind. I've discovered, and maybe you have too, that I have limited space in my mind. How many of you know there's not endless real estate right here? Uh, we, we all have limitations. There's only a certain capacity that I have in my head. And there are so many things that compete for my attention and they compete for your attention as well. Have you, have you noticed that commercials have gone to a whole nother level? I mean, advertising is unreal. Advertising is no longer about information. It's about manipulation. Man, they're, they're not only trying to suggest some things, man, they're trying to direct and control some things. Why? Because what happens in here will direct our steps. Uh, you know, I thought this was interesting. I looked up, guess what the cost of a 30-second commercial during the Super Bowl this year is? 30-second ad in the Super Bowl 2024. Anybody want to guess what that amount is? Three million, five million, try seven million dollars. Seven million dollars for a 30-second ad. Do the math. That's over $233,000 per second. And you don't think our culture knows the power of what's happening right here? 
advertising. Also, what I've learned too, just through social media, which they didn't have this when I was a kid growing up, but now there's this thing called algorithms. How many of you had to learn that? You heard that phrase before? Algorithms. There's a formula. If you're on social media, Facebook, if you're on Instagram, if you're on Twitter, X, whatever social media platform, when you go, even Google, if you were to Google something, you know, they know your tendencies based on what you're looking up, how long you stay on a certain website, the money that you spend. It's all being calculated in this algorithm. And guess what? You have ads that come to your phone based on the choices that you make. I mean, this is a big deal. Have you ever been in a conversation with family and friends and you're saying something like, you know, I just need a waffle iron. I was thinking about waffle irons. And then the next time you go to Facebook, oh yeah, you're scrolling through and it's like ad after ad of waffle irons. I'm telling you, this is a big deal. Algorithms, advertising, movies, music. It's all about trying to gain space in this place right here. I want you to know this. As a believer, the battlefield is in your mind. I know people who love God with all their hearts, but they struggle with what's happening in their heads. Where does negativity love to hang out? Right here. Negativity gets lodged in your mind, and then negativity has some friends. Negativity will invite anxiety. Come on. And anxiety comes over and hangs out with negativity, and anxiety is like, look, I got a first cousin called worry. And then worry has a best friend called stress. Come on. I mean, all these people kind of, you know what? I met jealousy the other day. I'm going to invite him over too. And then here, here comes, you know, fear and, 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 and lust and comparison. And they like to have a party right in your head. You know, some of you have walked through experiences as a child. Some of you suffered rejection. Criti severe criticism. You grew up in a very harsh environment where words were shared or spoken. You've had traumatic experiences as a kid, and now here you are as an adult, but the memory of that pain is so fresh and so alive, it's as if it happened to you yesterday. You know, even abusive situations, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. You know, they say you don't mature past the age of your initial abusive experience. That, like if you were abused at 12, you can be 52 now, but still emotionally stuck back in that moment because you just can't get past here what happened way back there. The mind is a big deal. And today is perhaps one of the most important installments in this entire series. Maybe the most important message you will hear all year. And that's why I've loaded it down with information to equip you. Because if you don't know how to fight, you will never be free. Let me say that again. If you don't know how to win the war in your mind, you can have a heart for God, but your head is a mess and you struggle for all of your life. Today, I believe God's going to set some people free in their minds. Proverbs 23, 7, this verse says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Or one translation says, As he thinks, so does he become. In other words, understand the power 
of your thoughts. I want you to see this progression. You, you've probably seen this and heard this before, but, but I want to make it very plain today how just the, 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 the seed of a thought can influence the entire trajectory of your life. We know that thoughts lead to words. You think about something, you think about it enough, eventually you begin to talk about it. You think about it, you talk about it. Thoughts, leads to, thoughts lead to words. Words produce actions. Now notice the seed of a thought has not only shaped our vocabulary and our language, but now it's shaping the decisions that we make. Thoughts leads to words. Words lead to actions. Actions create habits. The things that you do consistently over and over again. We talked about last week having freedom in your habits, but it all starts with a thought that produces a word that creates actions that form habits that now begin to shape our character. What you do consistently, habitually, it's now formulating who you are. It's a part of your formation and ultimately your character then gives way to your destiny. Notice this train of, of action. Notice this progression that starts with a thought and it ends with our destiny. Here's the principle that I want you to get. And I want you to pay attention to this. This is true. You, you can see this across history. It doesn't matter how you were raised. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, your level of income, what your education level is this. Hear me. This principle is true. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life, my life, will move in the direction, in the trajectory of my strongest thoughts. So my question is this, where are your thoughts taking you? Do you like where you are now? Do you need to make some changes, not just in your habits or in your decisions, but let's go all the way back to our thought life. How do we win the war in our minds? Now, let me give you some tools. Are you ready? I'm going to give you some weapons, and this is how we fight. Number one, write this down. We got to renew our minds. We have to renew our minds. Paul said in Romans 12, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed. Somebody say transformed. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, the algorithms of this world, the agendas of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, his pleasing, and perfect will. Can somebody say amen? Here's what this verse is saying. If, if you don't renew your mind, you'll be conformed and not transformed. That word conformed means to be shaped or molded into the world's pattern of thinking. I want you to know there is an agenda out there that's trying to shape and influence how you think because they've discovered that how you think will determine how you act the decisions that you make, the priorities that you embrace. Don't be conformed to the world's way of thinking, unfortunately, because this, you know, digital platforms are so powerful. Again, the world has changed since you and I were kids. I think about our sons and daughters. I think about our grandkids and the world, the digital space that they're living in. If we're not careful, our kids will be discipled by the media that they choose to listen to. 
And we can say this even as adults. Sometimes we are more discipled by the media that we listen to than we are by the book that we've committed to. I don't want social media or mainstream media to conform me into its way of thinking. But I want to be transformed. That word transformed in the Greek, it's the same word for metamorphosis. It's how a, 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 a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. It's being transformed into someone new. How do we become transformed? Well, we've got to renew our minds. How many of you agree that as believers, we ought to think differently, act differently, respond differently? If we don't, let me ask you this question. Why would the world ever want to come to the church if when they get here, they're only going to find more of themselves. They're desperate for alternatives, and you and I have to be different in order to make a difference. That means if we're going to act differently, we've got to think differently. How many of you know that when you know better, you do better? And so what happens in here, we have to take responsibility, take custody of this thing called our mind. Too many times we suffer from what I call stinking thinking. How many of you have realized that if you don't take the trash out, the whole house will smell? Listen, years ago when Rachel and I first got married, we lived in apartments off a of blue bonnet. And I can remember one morning I, got, I was taking all the trash out and hustling to try to get to the office. I had some meetings, some counseling. This was years ago. First got married 27 years ago. And, and so I was taking the trash out, and put bathroom trash, kitchen trash, and I put it all in one bag, and I ran down the steps, got in my car, and my intent was to put the trash bag in my car and drive to the dumpster at the front of the apartment complex. But I got distracted. All the trash I threw, and I was driving a 1988 Dodge Omni, okay, little hatchback, two-tone gray, Door handles were broken. I had to leave the window down just to reach on the inside to open my door. Anybody drive a hoopty like that back in the day? Some of you driving that right now. Thank God. Man, it's getting you there. I didn't get there in style, but I got there. I took all the trash, threw it in the back of my Omni with the intent of dropping it off at the dumpster on my way to the office. I was so thinking about the office, I didn't, I didn't make the stop I should have. I got to the office, worked a full day, meetings, counseling, and that trash baked in the oven of that Omni all day. At the end of the day, I get in my car to go home. I'm like, this is different. How I many know sometimes Louisiana just smells? Oh, what? What is paper mill? I didn't know we had a paper mill. What? Something stinks up in here. I pull out of the parking lot, take a left onto Highland Road, and I hear this noise in my back seat, and it's a big old alley cat. Because I left my windows down, the cat jumped into my Omni, tore open that trash bag. It was a soupy, milky, disgusting mess. How many of you know that if you don't take the trash out, it will attract things? It will attract people. It will invite things into your life. And the apostle Paul said, here, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you win the war in your mind. You've got to renew this thing right here. You've got to, listen, every freedom comes with a responsibility. How many of you want to be free in your mind? 
Well, it's going to require you and me to be disciplined and take custody. We can't get lazy, sloppy, or irresponsible when it comes to our thought life. The Bible says when you renew your mind, you'll be transformed, and then you will know two things. You will know God's will. How many of you want to know the will of God for your life? You want to know God's plan, his purpose, the path. The, the will of God becomes clear when you renew your mind. The Bible says God's will is good. His good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. Now, that doesn't mean that everything that happens to you is good, but his will can take those things and use them for good. Uh, when you renew your mind, you know the will of God, but then you also understand the word of God. Renewing our minds helps us to understand this book. And this is what I have prayed over my children when we bring them to school in the morning. Over the years, I have prayed Luke 24, 45. I love this scripture. Jesus, is, is, he shows up on the road to Emmaus post-resurrection. These two guys are so discouraged and they're trying to process the events of what just happened. And the Bible says this in Luke 24, 45, then Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He opened their minds. My prayer for you is that when you come to church on Sunday, that you come with an open mind. And let God reveal to you the mysteries that are in this book right here. The natural man can't receive this, but the spiritual man is enlightened. And when we renew our minds, they become open to the mysteries of the scripture. How many of you, you want to understand what you read? I don't want to get to Leviticus and be like, oh Lord, what are we doing here? God, illuminate my mind. Help me not only to know your will, but to understand your word. Somebody say, renew your mind. Number two, write this down. Harness your thoughts. Harness your thoughts. If we're going to win the war in our head, it starts with renewing our mind. But number two, we've got to harness the thoughts that come in and out of our head. Look at 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. For the weapons, somebody say weapons. Again, this is a fight. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power. Somebody say power. They have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. This is where you and I can take custody of a thought that comes in our head. We can take it captive. We don't have to be held hostage by every thought that pops up in our brain. Have you ever had a random thought just out of nowhere flash on the screen of your mind? How many of you are grateful that in church we, we don't broadcast on these screens every random thought that pops in your head? If that were the case, I would be attending online church. <laughs> Sometimes we, we driving down the road, you see a billboard, and you just get a crazy thought. Or maybe it's not even triggered by something you see, but it's just a, a thought that falls into your head. Uh, listen to me. You can't help when a bird flies over your head, but you can determine whether or not that bird builds a nest. Are you with me? I can't always determine what comes in my brain, but I can keep that thought from, I can't keep it from coming, 
but I can determine how long it stays. And taking thoughts captive, harnessing our thoughts is super important. It's a part of renewing our mind. And now we're taking thoughts captive. You say, well, Mike, how do I do that? Why is that so important? Because if you don't take thoughts captive, your thoughts will captivate you. Some of you, this is how addictions form. This is how strongholds and bondages keep us anchored in a place. We don't want to be there, but our mind continues to go to that place. And so we are stuck. Jesus died to set us free. You say, well, pastor, how can I be free and be bound in my mind? It, it can totally happen. Listen to this. Ask the children of Israel. Ask the Israelites when God used Moses to set them free. He brought them out of Egypt. But what did they do for 40 years? They wandered in the wilderness. Why? Well, he brought them out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. Come on, are you with me? Keep wanting to go back to the same thing that God had delivered them from. You say, Pastor, how do I take thoughts captive? How do I harness what's in my head? First of all, you have to identify the source. Identify the source of this thought. What you're thinking about right now, what is the source of that thought? Is it God? Is it the devil? Is it yourself? Is it your emotions or feelings? Where is this thought coming from? Once you've identified the source, then you need to take it captive. You need to call it out. Now, if God puts some good thoughts in your head, you need to meditate on those things. You need to dwell on those things. The word meditate is like the word marinate. How many like a good steak? Oh, yeah. And you know you're at the end of a 21-day fast when all of your analogies center around food. A good steak, what makes it so good? Because it marinates in something. It's absorbed. If God puts a good thought in your head, dwell on that. Uh, but if this thought came from your emotions, yourself, or your enemy, you got to call it out and take it captive. Uh-uh-uh, this thought does not belong here. you, you got to recognize the source, and then you've got to take it captive. I've never played soccer. How many of you, you, you like soccer? Not many of you like soccer. What's the deal? <laughs> I don't play soccer. I don't understand it all. But if I were to play soccer, there is a position that I would choose. Goalie. Because I don't like to run. What does a goalie do? A goalie guards. A goalie protects. Here's the net, and nothing is getting by me. You see, the Holy Spirit will help you be a goalie. Come on now. When it comes to your thought life, because the enemy is kicking all kind of things your way. What about this? Oh, check this out. And man, look here. And man, you, the Holy Spirit will help you block everything that comes your way. That thought is not going to get lodged in the net of my life. This is why when it comes to gossip, can I, can I talk about that just for a minute? I'm going to get where we live. This is why we don't entertain gossip. You know why? Because those who talk, if they gossip to you, they'll gossip about you. And I don't want negativity. No, the goalie, the Holy Spirit's going to help me block that. No, no, I'm, I'm not going to entertain that about that individual. You know, I'm not going to allow that in this space because it's going to influence 
Next time I see that person, I'm going to put them through the light of the gossip that I've heard, and I have formed a negative opinion about somebody that I barely know and probably don't have anything to do with. It's kind of like the difference. I mean, again, this is where we got to be very careful when it comes to negativity. It's the difference between a vulture and a hummingbird. Now, listen, they're both birds. They're both in the bird family, but they're focused on two very different things. A vulture is focused on death. A vulture will fly over living things to find the carcass of a dead animal because that's what he's looking for. But a hummingbird will fly over a dead thing to get to the life and nectar that's inside that flower. Listen. They both get what they're looking for. If you're looking for negative things, you will always be drawn to it. You will find it. You will criticize. Listen, you can look at healing. Look at my life. If you're looking for something negative, you don't have to look too hard. (laughs) But if you're drawn to negativity, you will always go negative. But if you look, there's, there's a lot of good things that are happening in the church. A lot of good things that are happening in the world. I want to be like a hummingbird. Come on, somebody. I don't want to let the negativity. No, no, no. I want to take some thoughts captive. First of all, first of all, identify the source. Second of all, we've got to take it captive. That's why the Bible says we have the helmet of salvation. Guess what? That helmet, it protects our head. I'm not going to let that thought get lodged in my mind. And then finally, we replace it with another thought. We replace whatever we held captive, and we said, no, I'm not letting that negativity get in in that space. Then we can't just walk around empty-headed. We've got to fill the emptiness with good things. Paul said it this way in Philippians 4. Finally, my brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Let's set our our mind on things that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely. Come on, are you with me? This is what we're going to replace that stuff with. Now, let let me give you a a practical subset, okay? I heard this from Pastor Johnny about a year and a half ago. I thought this was so good. Here's how to press reset in your head. Ask yourself five questions. First of all, what am I feeling? Feelings. Now, feelings are not, they're, they're not dictators. They're indicators. Feelings are gauges, but not guides. What am I feeling? Second of all, say, what am I thinking? Because every feeling is usually attached to a thought. All right? Are you with me? What am I feeling? What am I thinking? Here's the third question. What's the truth? I mean, feelings may indicate where you are, but they're generated by thoughts that may not actually be true. And this question gives us course correction now. What am I feeling? What am I thinking? What's the truth? How are we going to know the truth? This book right here. Here's the fourth question. What am I thankful for? This is a good one. You know what? You know where gratitude pulls your focus? Upwards. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Listen, it's impossible to be anxious and stressed out and be grateful at the same time. It's just totally, fundamentally incompatible. What am I thankful for? It moves our focus upward. And then finally, ask this question. What am I looking forward to? 
You see, what am I looking forward to is about hope. And this is what moves our life in a direction. We're not stuck in a frame or an episode of the past, but we're looking for hope will move a life forward. Is anybody catching this today? So what, what do we do? Number one, we got to renew our mind. Number two, we got to harness our thoughts. And let me give you this final thing. Number three, set your focus. Set your focus. Colossians 3, the Bible says this. Therefore, if you've been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your mind one translation says, set your affections and keep them set. Keep focused habitually on things above, heavenly things, not on things of the earth, which have only temporary value. You and I, and this is why church is so important. This is why prayer, daily devotion is so important. It gives us a chance to set our focus on things above. You ever been reading your Bible and your mind just drift? How many's ever entered into prayer and, and you started praying for something and then next thing you know, it's your to-do list and man, you're, it's the itinerary with the kids and it's a, man, you're all over the place. Does anybody else have that problem? You know what I do to help me? When I read, I read out loud. So my soul can hear what my mouth is saying. And my mind stays focused. I can drift when I'm quiet. But when I read my Bible out loud, or when I pray, I pray out loud. So I can harness some of these thoughts. Because even in times of, 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 of private devotion, the enemy will bombard you with thoughts. We've got to set our focus on things that are above. You know what I've discovered too? That the more... I focus on what's up there, the less I battle what's down here. In fact, I'll say this, the more I focus on up there, the more effective I am down here. God's given me a clear vision for my life. I don't know that vision unless I set my focus on things above, but watch how this works. The clearer the vision, the clearer the vision, the fewer the choices, the easier the decision. Because I have a clear vision, I'm not chasing the fringe of this and that and the other. My options have been reduced because my vision is clear. The clearer the vision, the fewer the choices. Now, all of a sudden, the decision is easy. I'm not going that direction. I'm not entertaining that conversation. I'm not clicking on that website. I'm not partnering you know, in that circle of, of, of thinking. Why? Because I got a clear vision. Are you with me? This can help us. This, God wants to equip us to win the war in our mind. We got to renew our minds. We got to harness our thoughts and we got to set our focus. I'm so grateful years ago that my parents made me take piano lessons. They made me. Didn't want to do it. How many of you, your parents signed you up for things you didn't have a say so in it? And I fought it for about a year, but I'm thankful. Now, here I am years later, I'm thankful for the discipline of learning the scales and learning the chords and the song. Do you know at my house, we have an old upright piano. It's old and it's out of tune. And I like it that way. 
Because if I miss a note, I just blame it on the tuning of the piano. But the other day I sat down on our upright piano and I just started playing this old song and I play the old stuff. I don't really know a lot of the new stuff, but I play the old stuff. And I, this song just kind of came up in my spirit. Turn your eyes up on Jesus. And I started banging out some chords and playing that song. And you know what it did to my focus? It brought it from here to here. Now all of a sudden things look differently when you turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. Come on, I can't sing. I can make a joyful noise. But guess what happens? Then the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.